thank you very much, band. Let's give, let's give them a hand. They've, been, they've done amazing. Oh, my goodness. In 2007, I um, had this investment. It was in a managed fund, and it was mostly in international shares. And I really, you know, that was a, a time in my life I'd been a Christian for a, a few years, and I'd been trying to hear from God, and I'd been praying about my finances in particular, and I wanted some guidance. And God gave me the scripture. It's, it's the life scripture I'm going to use today, but it's in Proverbs 3, uh, verse 5 to 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, God that is, and he will direct your paths. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning that scripture. I'm getting it on the inside of me. I'm, like, I'm thinking like, yeah, I've got to trust God with all my heart. And then I hear God say to me, sell that investment. I'm like, what? Why would I even do that? That's so silly, God. Like, really? Because at that time, we'd been in a bullish market. So if you know anything about shares, like bull means you're going up and bear means you're going down. So it, it had been a bullish market and it was just going amazing. It had tripled. It might have even been more than that it, the whole time, like the last few years. But I get, I hear him say, sell it. I'm like, seriously? So I think, well, I'm going to uh, sit on that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like you sit on things when you feel like, oh, I don't know about that. So I thought, I'm just going to sit on that for a while. Anyway, that month, uh, the investment went down in value $10,000. Not exciting. I can tell you, I was not happy about that. I'm like, what? Are you joking? No way. Not like, how could it go on down to So I ring up my fan financial advisor. I'm like, what is going on? Nothing he can do about it. But anyway, I'm like, what are you going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, things happen like that. So I'm getting that scripture still though. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I'm still hearing him say, sell it. And so what do I do? I think, oh, well, my financial advisor, he knows these things. He's an expert. Yeah, so I don't sell it. Oh my gosh. So, you know, this is a learning thing. And yeah, don't worry. I, I bet you I'm not alone out there. So what happens the next month? It goes up $15,000. Yes. I'm thinking, woohoo! Yeah, that's so good. So what do I do? I ring up my financial advisor and I go, uh, sell it. He goes, are you crazy? I mean, I'm not joking. That's what he says to me. Are you crazy? Why would you want to do that now? It's been, but I thought, I don't care. Like, it's my investment. Like, just sell it. Because I thought, God's been telling me, I don't care. I'm going to sell it now. Like, I learned my lesson. I didn't listen the first time. It went down. Now it's gone up. Like, selling it, selling it, selling it. So, anyway, he sells it. From the moment he sells it, the value of that, that fund started to plummet. And then it hit the global financial crisis. And because it was an international shares, it lost the majority of its value. It, it lost at least 70% over a few months. Oh my goodness. I was like, whoa, how's that? God knew. Can you believe it? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Here I am. I'm praying for guidance. I'm saying trust in the Lord with all my heart. But I still have trouble doing it. I mean, why is that? And that's why that scripture is one of my life scriptures. All right, so today, 
That's what it is. It's called trust me. God wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him like with the good things and he wants you to trust him with the bad things. Because not only does he want you to trust him to get a better car, to get a pay rise, he wants you to trust him through things. As you go through things, he wants you to trust him on that. And see, the second part of that is lean not on your own understanding. Like, it just didn't make sense to me to do it when it had been going so well. It didn't make sense to my financial advisor, and he knows that thing, that sort of thing. But God knows. He goes before us. In Deuteronomy 31.8, it says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. God goes before us. He knows everything before we even get there. When the, the day that I actually gave my heart to God, he knew I was actually gonna do that before I did. Oh my gosh, that's scary, isn't it? So he knew that, but not only that, he knew my heart. He knew where I was. He knew all the, the things about me. I mean, I was angry. I was like really controlling person when I gave my heart to Jesus. But he knew that. It's not like he, I, came, I gave my heart to him and he thought, Oh, wow, I didn't know she was going to turn out to be like that. No, he knew. He already knew. He knew everything about me. God knows everything about you. God knows everything that's before you. He knows. So it's no surprise to him. You might be here today and and you don't have a relationship with God. Like a little bit later, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that, to give your heart to God, a God who loves you and accepts you just as you are. So, so God goes before us. He's not surprised. But one thing that I do know is like there's a lot of things that I don't understand. I don't know. Like I don't understand how electricity works, but I like it. I, you know, like man, we rely on it, right? We depend on electricity. I don't know how. I don't understand how it works though. But it's okay. All right. I don't understand even how my phone works. Like I I sent a message to my mother who's in Japan at the moment because she was at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, poor mum, it's all right. (laughs) But she sent a message right back to me. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how that works, but that's amazing. So that doesn't stop me from using it, my phone, even though I don't understand. You know, I don't even understand the mechanics behind breathing, but I participate. That's right, and so are you. You know, so, so it just shows me that, you know, why do, we, why do we think we have to understand everything about God? I just need to trust Him. I just need to trust Him even when things don't look like they should be happening like I think they should be. I mean, we've all got dreams. We're all believing for things, right? We all want to see things turn around in our world. But sometimes what we do is we put God in this box and you say, God, you know, I want my family restored, all right, and then you go, so God, I want it on uh, the 25th of November, so we've got the timetable, I want them to call me, I want there to be a barbecue, I want there to be a band, I don't know, we, we've got all these things, like it's our plan on how that's going to happen, it's our plan, it's not necessarily God's plan, you know why, because God doesn't like do things like we do, his, it says in the Bible, his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. His timing is not like our timing, unfortunately. But, but 
is not. So there's a story in the Bible in 2 Kings 5, and it's a man called Naaman. Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army at the time. He was a, a valiant man. They called him a mighty man of valor. He was influential. But the thing about Naaman was as he had leprosy. Honestly, back in those days, if you had leprosy, and I mean, he's a commander though, and you were, you know, a low life or whatever, they called them back there, like you were ostracized, you were sent away, you were socially isolated, no one wanted to be around you. So he's got leprosy, you know, that's a real bad skin disease. So there he is, and then this maid that works for him, he hears her say, you know, if only Naaman would go to Israel, because she was from Israel. If only Naaman would go to Israel and see the prophet Elijah. The prophet Elijah who lived in Israel, like he'd seen many, many miracles. He'd seen people here. She goes, if only he would go to Israel and that he would see the prophet Elijah, Elijah would pray for him and he'd be healed. So he thinks, okay then, I'm doing it. He gets on his horse, I was gonna say, I don't know something. He gets, anyway, he goes there. He walks probably, I don't know. Do they, he, he goes to Israel, but it's a long, long way away. He gets to Elijah's door. Knock, knock on the door. Elijah does not even come to the door. Naaman is, he's a man. He's the commander of an army. So he doesn't even go to the door. What Elijah does is he sends his assistant to the door and his assistant goes to the door and he says, Naaman, What you need to do is go to the Jordan River and wash yourself seven times. What is that? What is that? Like, really? That's crazy, right? Wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Well, Naaman was not happy. He was furious. He was furious because he felt disrespected, for for starters, from Elijah not even coming to the door. Then, what does he do? Tells him to go and dip himself in the Jordan River seven times. Are you kidding me? Seven times, like in the Jordan River? I mean, it's dirty. It's one of the dirtiest rivers around. So he's thinking like, what is going on? So he says, uh, if we go to verse 11, that'll be great. So... But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, call the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. This is what Naaman thought. That's in the Bible. Naaman thought like, yep, Elijah's going to come out there. He's going to call upon the name of the Lord. He's going to wave his hand over the spot and boom, voila. Now, do you know those two words, I thought, nearly stopped him getting his miracle. I thought. He had preconceived ideas about how his healing was going to take place. What? I mean, no one would ever do that, right? Oh, yeah. But that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we think that this is the way it's going to happen. You know, restored family, we're going to do that. It'll happen then. It'll make the plan. So, so... But fortunately for Naaman, he had some servants himself. His servant said to him, come on, Naaman. Really? If it was difficult, you would have done it. If it was something difficult, you would have done it. But because it seems so simple, just do it. And that's another thing sometimes we can do. Sometimes we can think, oh, it seems too easy. You know, like, you know, you would say, God, restore my family, restore my family. And then God says to you, 
give him a call. That's just too simple, right? It's too unspiritual. That's what I mean. Why do we sometimes look for ways that we think God would say when God is pretty practical? Give them a phone call. Buy them a gift. Have a barbecue. Whatever. That's God. That's God. That's his way. So anyway, Naaman, he ends up, he goes along to the Jordan River. He gets in the dirty thing, that dirty river, and he dips himself seven times. So he's dip, 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 dip. And then the seventh time, pops up. Woo! And it says in the Bible that he was all clean. He was totally healed. That there were no more, no more leprosy on him. He was totally healed. Oh my gosh, just as well he didn't do what he thought. So he went back to Elijah and he knocked on the door. This time Elijah shows up and and he says, oh my goodness, your God is the only God in the entire world, your God. So not only did he get healed, but God revealed himself to him through his healing because that's what Jesus does. You know, when people get healed, not only do they get healed, Jesus reveals himself to them. When people get restored and family gets restored, Jesus reveals himself to them. When you get that new promotion that you've been praying for, God, he reveals himself to you. So that's what he does. That's what he does. So that's Naaman. So just trust God. Just trust him. So that was one of my scriptures. And I would like to trust, trust God with all my heart. Now, even that part was difficult. It was really difficult because I had a background where I didn't even trust people. So, you know, why would I trust this God? So, uh, and the reason I didn't, you know, I'd been hurt, been betrayed, been rejected, all those things. I'm like, but, and it had hardened my heart. So to trust God with all my heart, that was like oh, a work in progress. So, so, but what happens though, when we actually trust somebody, we've got to get to know them. Is that right? We don't trust anybody we've just met. Like I just met Jay. Nah, I didn't. <laughs> but if I just met Jay, uh, we might have some little pleasantries like, oh, what a lovely day it is, blah, 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 blah. And then that's it. But do I trust Jay? No, I don't, because I don't really know him. But I've known Jay a bit now, and I know his beautiful wife. That, so because of her, I trust Jay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I do. The more you get to know somebody, the more you trust them. So that's my point one. Point one to trust God. Grow in your relationship with God. Grow in your relationship with God. So in Ephesians 1.17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. When we're praying to God, when we're asking for wisdom, when we're asking for revelation, we're getting revelation so that we know him better, so that we know his heart, so that we know he cares for us, so that we know that he cares for our every need. When he answers us, he cares for us, he loves us, he wants to give us solutions, he wants to give us the best life for, our, for us. So one thing, have you ever heard of a, um, a sapling? A sapling, it's like a young tree. It's a new tree, and it's a sapling, and most of the time they're thin trees and that. But what happens when a sapling, when they're planted, they get a thicker piece of wood, 
and they put it next to the sapling and they tie it together. And the reason they do that, the like, so the stronger one, so it helps it to actually grow straight. That's the same in, when we're on our journey with God. If you're new to God or even, it doesn't matter actually, if you're new to God, you put yourself around stronger people. So, so you need stakes in your life. Every time I say that word steaks, I think of eating, like it's getting close to lunchtime. But, but you need a stake in your life. You need somebody who is stronger than you. Like even, even if you were uh, training to fight, I don't even know why I said that. But anyway, say you were training to fight, like Dan Frecker, you're probably training to fight in Melbourne. But if you were training to fight, you'd find a stronger fighter because a weaker one is not gonna make you any better. So you put a stronger person next to you. It's the same with following God. You put a stake, a stronger person next to you. So there's been many stakes in my life. So like, like for example, Pastor John and Dan, they're a stake in my life. Kathy's been a stake in my life. There, there's so many people that have been a stake in my life. But like the Bible is the biggest stake of all for me. The Bible is a stake in my life. That's how God grows your relationship with him. And it might be if you are new to church and new in your journey, Alpha would be a stake in your life. Alpha, which is a journey in Christianity, and it actually starts today and tomorrow, if you're interested, go out to Next Steps or see Katrina down here after the service. But Alpha actually answers a lot of questions when you're new. And I wish I'd done Alpha when I first come to God myself because it says like who Jesus is. Does Jesus still heal? You know, like uh, why do you read the Bible? Why do you pray? It answers all those kinds of questions. So that would be a stake in a new person's walk with God. So podcasts have been a stake in my life. But yeah, like I said, the Word of God has been a stake in my life. I want you to think about now, right now, who is a stake in your life? Person-wise, I want you to think of a person. Who's a stake in your life? Now I want you to think of whose life am I a stake in? Because, you know, you want to have a stake in your life with someone strong, but you want to be a stake in somebody else's life so that you can help them grow, that you're stronger. All right? So who's the stake in your life? And who are you a stake in? I see you, you two, are you two stakes in your lives like they're like, oh, you're my stake, you're my stake. Anyway, but, that, but that's what it is. That, that, that's what it is. And that's why you need someone. We need people. One of the greatest things that's been a stake in my life has been being in a group. Because when you're in a group, you're, around, you're surrounded by people. And that's why in that group, you'll have people that are stronger than you. And you'll have people that aren't as strong as you. So that's a great place to be a stake and get a stake. Oh my gosh, there's all the steak. That's it. I'm going to get a butcher. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's point one is grow in your relationship with God. Number two is apply the word of God. In James 1.22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. And I used to think of this, like I could read a chapter of the Bible and that's like awesome, but sometimes afterwards I don't even remember. Does that happen to anybody? I don't know. But anyway, I, I read, it, read it and think, oh wow, that's awesome. See, it's not just about reading it, it's applying the Word of God in your life. Uh, I had a little, little hole in the wall 
behind my, we, we walked through the garage and the door opens, there was a little hole in the wall because I probably slammed it too hard. And it was only like that big, like little, small hole. But it's just so annoying because you can notice it. It's like a little, little hole like that, but it's just so annoying. And anyway, I walked past it, I think, oh, I've got to do something about that hole in the wall. Next day, oh, I'm on my way out. I've got to do something about the hole in the wall. Oh, I'm on my way in. I've got to do something about that hole in the wall. Oh, I'm on my way out. You know, it's stressful, man, procrastinating, isn't it? I, I like, it's just like, ah. Oh. So I think, right, I'm doing something. So have you heard of spec filler? Yeah. yeah, yeah, spec filler. So I get the spec filler out and I put it on the bench. <laughs> Boom, right there, right there on the bench so that when I walk in, I see it and I will do something about it. So. I walk in, oh, the spec filler, oh, the hole in the wall. I walk out, oh, the spec filler, oh, the hole in the wall. I walk in, oh, the spec filler. This goes on. I don't even want to say how long because you're going to think like, what on earth? Like, give me the spec filler, I'll do it for you. No, no, but it just goes on and on. And then one day, I just lose it. I just think, that's it. I'm doing it now. And I get, I get the spack full around and I open it and I mix it around and I just get and I slap it on the wall. And I'm not kidding. It took me like 10 to 20 seconds. So that whole time, here I am, you know, oh no, 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 oh, no, no. All for 20 seconds? What a joke. Boy, this is really like letting it, letting it happen now. <laughs> you really like, you lazy thing. No. But the thing is, See, there was no value in that spec filler until I'd applied it to the wall. Nothing. I mean, sitting on the bench did not matter. In the cupboard did not matter. It wasn't until it was applied to the wall that it had value. And the Word of God is the same. You can read your chapter. You can actually even get a scripture and you can learn it and you can memorize it and you can like say it a thousand times. But unless you apply it in your life because that is where the value is the value of the word of God is when you take it and you apply it to your life right now and, and God says in the Bible it says man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God the Bible it talks about man does live, not live by, by bread because bread is something that a lot of people would have every day you need to have the Word of God in you every day. Be reading the Word of God every day. Let it apply to your life every day. That's why whatever is going on in my life, which is incredible, God can use His Word to speak to me. He can talk to me about, yep, that, and you think, I've read this before and it never meant anything to me. That's because whatever's going on in my life now wasn't happening before. Do you see how amazing the Word of God is when you apply it? So apply the Word of God. And you can do that. The best way I've found is, if I put that photo up, please, is to meditate on the Word of God, to memorise it, to get it on the inside of you. So that was my very first, um, I know, isn't it brilliant? Jai and Melbourne, I bet you you can't do better than that. But anyway, like it, it's brilliant, right? So creative. <laughs> no, not really. Anyway, I went to a friend's house and I saw she had one on her wall. I thought, what a great idea. But see, that was God speaking to me. God was speaking to me. You do it. 
you do that. So I went home, I got some cardboard, I got all my favourite scriptures, I wrote them down, I typed them out because I can't read my own writing, and then I cut them out and put little clouds around them so they look awesome. And, but, but, but that's what I mean. But I learnt those. There were 21 scriptures, and I walked around, sippy downs around the lakes for two years, learning scriptures. Not just those ones, but, but I learnt those ones, and I gave myself, tw- I set myself a goal. Because I'm very good like that. I know it doesn't sound like it about the war, but, but I am. <laughs> if I set myself a goal, I, so I set myself a goal to learn those scriptures in 21 days. I actually learned them in seven. And I, and I knew them, and I had them on a piece of paper. I had these little cards. These are my original little cards that I walk around the park, and I read it, and I would just read it, and I'd learn the first part, trust in the Lord with all your heart, trust in the Lord with all your heart, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So I would just do that. I'd walk around, walk around. And like I did one at a time. I learnt them all. And I started to just really get them on the inside of me. And after a while, when I was saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, it wasn't just a mouth thing because it had got to my heart. This is what happens when you get the Word of God and it's repetitive and it's over and over and you just start to believe it. I'm going to trust you, God, with all my heart. I'm not going to worry about what I'm thinking. I'm not going to go by my own understanding or my own knowledge or whatever. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge you in my finances. I'm going to acknowledge you in my family. I'm going to acknowledge you in every area of my life. I'm gonna acknowledge you in relationships. I'm gonna acknowledge you in learning about you, God. And I know you will direct my ways. This is what can happen when you get a word from God in you. You know, and it took time. It took time, it didn't happen like that. But the word of God, it just started to chip away. Started to chip away. All those things, you know, I was majorly independent. I I had trouble with trust, but the Word of God started to chip away at those things, to get them off my life, to set me free. Started to move me and meet people and find new stakes in my life. And, and then it was time for another new stake and then another new stake. And, but God directs you. Trust in Him. See, declaring your, God's Word over your life, it doesn't just modify your behavior. It's a heart transformation. It's a heart transformation. And it's the actual heart transformation that makes you take the action to do it. So those are the two things. Know God more and apply it. To apply the Word of God to your life. It's so incredible. I want everyone to shut their eyes. I want you to actually, this is, I want you to think about one scripture. I really feel God was speaking to some people even as I was talking think, and saying, oh, you know, this is, this is your scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, oh, oh this, is, this is your scripture. I really feel God was doing that. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to have that one scripture. You might be here today and you've never even opened the Bible before. You've never even thought about it. I believe God's going to give you about the topic about what the scripture is about. And then what you can do is go home and Google it. You can, like if it's about finances, you can go home and, and look and Google scripture 
on finances, or scripture on relationships, or scripture on anger. Management, that is, not getting angry. But put that something. So just close your eyes while we pray. I feel the Holy Spirit just dropping in scriptures. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are good. I thank you, Father, that right now, Lord, you're giving each person either a scripture or a topic. And Father, I pray that you would empower them, that you would empower them, Lord, not only to learn it and memorize it and repeat it over and over again, Father, but you would make it evident in their life, that they would apply it to their every daily life in Jesus' name. Just while you're there, if you're gonna make a commitment to do that one scripture, I just want you to raise your hand right now so I can see that. Awesome, lots of hands, that's great. God loves you, he does. You can open your eyes now. As I said, I haven't always uh, followed God. About 16 years ago, I gave my heart to God and before I did, I was an angry little control freak. There were so many things I felt betrayed and rejected. And then a friend of mine started going to church and it, it, I saw the transformation in her life, the, the changes that were radical. So it encouraged me to come along to church myself. Walked in, saw all these happy people and I didn't even know what was going on but I felt there is something different going on right now. At the end of the service, the person that was speaking gave us an opportunity to invite Jesus into our lives. He talked about a God that loved me just the way I was, that accepted me just the way I was. He talked about a God that had a plan for me, a purpose for me, and wanted to give me a clean slate. And boy, that sparked my attention because I thought, I want to start over. My life is rubbish. I, I, want a, I want a fresh start. So when he said that, and I, I raised my hand to accept Jesus into my life. A little bit later, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to start a relationship with God. And when he prayed for me, I just felt the peace, a peace that I'd never, ever known before. And since that day, my life has changed so much. I'm such a different person. And it wasn't from like, you know, put me in a little phone box and then spin me around and then I was different. No, that didn't happen. It happened by walking along with God, by letting Him lead me, letting Him guide me. And today I know there are people here that want to make Jesus your Lord. So if you could just close your eyes and you might be here today, you know, and you've never had a relationship with God. He changed my life in so many ways that there's just like this joy on the inside of me. It's, it's nuts really sometimes and I'm sure it drives people nuts but there's a joy in me that just jumps around because I'm so excited about life. I'm so excited about the purpose God has given me and it spills out into every area of my life because of my relationship with God. Today I want to give you that same opportunity. Let a God that loves you come into your life. You may never have known God but today you know that you want to start a relationship with Him. Or you might be here today and it, it, there was a time you actually followed God, but you walked away and now you want to reconnect. Or you're not 100% sure or certain that you're going to heaven or that you're right with God. And there's only one way to be right with God and that's by accepting His Son, Jesus. So while your eyes are closed and this is a decision you make by yourself, if that's you today, you want to start a relationship with God, 
Right now, I just want you to be bold and raise your hand and we're going to say a prayer from your seat together. Raise your hand up high so we can see it. Who's here today that wants a relationship with God? Thank you. I see your hand there over in the right. Who else is there today? I feel hearts beating. And sometimes that's what happened to me. I, I felt like God was tugging at my heart and I didn't know why. I felt like the guy that was speaking was speaking directly to me. But that's God that's talking to you. Who is there today that wants to have a relationship with God? A God that comes into your world, takes burdens off you, walks alongside you, guides you and leads you. I really feel like there's someone else here today. I'm getting this crazy picture of a fridge with with pictures on it. And I don't know why. If that's you and you can feel God tugging at your heart, He wants you to be in a relationship with Him. He's chased you down. It is no accident that you are here today. If that's you today and you want a relationship with God, you want to join this person there. Same within Melbourne. If that's you and you want a relationship with God, just raise your hand there with Dan and Eb or online. All right, we're going to say this prayer together. If you join me in this, I'm going to say it first and then you repeat. And when you raise your hand, you just say it from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you died for me on a cross to take away my sin. I'm turning to you. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that today I am forgiven. I am set free and that I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father, for each person, Father, that has given their heart to you today. Lord, I just pray your protection, your blessing over them, that you place great people around them. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's give them a hand. Oh, you guys are so awesome. Thank you so much. Like, I know that a few of you are going to be having steak for lunch today. (laughs) I feel like steak, that's for sure. But I'd like to uh, invite, where's Sam? Here we go.